Hello and welcome to Southwest News Media Sports Podcast, Sports for Dummies. I'm Todd Ablin with Tom Chardon. Eric Krauscher and Dan Huss are off this week. For the week of March 29th, 2019, we're talking about the men's NCAA Final Four Tournament in Minneapolis, high school track starting up, the boys' basketball state tournament, predictions for the Minnesota Twins season, and youth baseball and softball. It's spring. Yay! It was 60 degrees yesterday, and I was hitting fly balls for my 10-year-old outside. Transition right into youth sports. Right. You've got an 11-year-old, a 9-year-old. Curious 9, right? Dines up. I got a 10. We're all in youth They're heavily into travel youth sports, and it's that time of year where parents take control. What's your advice? For those parents that are out of control at baseball, softball games. Relax. It doesn't matter what team. Like, Well, we both live in Bloomington, and we both have kids in the Bloomington Traveling Baseball Association, and the teams were announced, what, two weeks ago? A week, two weeks ago? Yeah, about ten days ago. And you always hear the rumblings about my team should, my kids should be here, my kids should be there. And in the end, does it matter what level your t- player your son is at? No. Is your son playing baseball or softball or whatever? Yes. Yes. Do they know the kids on the team? Most likely, if they've played baseball in the past, they know somebody on the team. So, what's your advice? Perspective. you got to have perspective when you're dealing with 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old kids that it gets the winning at all costs, gets a little crazy, and... Nobody remembers the kids when they're done. They go home. They go to their ho- holiday gas station and get their donuts afterward. They don't remember right. what happened to the game. It seems like mom and dad remember more than right. than the youth, and then they and then they pepper the youth, the ten year old, with questions. You know, I, it's getting to me. It's getting a little out of control just because you see so many of these travel associations. They're all, it's all about winning, 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 and not developing. And I think if you ask any high school coach, what would he rather see down is that 9s, 10s, and 11s? Is He'd rather see kids learning how to play the game the right way. Playing multiple positions. Playing multiple positions. And I don't think the high school baseball coach cares what the, the 10 AAA team did record-wise right. or how many tournaments they win. Or they won't care when they're 15 or 16 if your son was on the – Triple A team or the single A team? Nope, not well, if you learn any fundamentals. Won't care one bit. Like you said, the kids don't care. You can ask both our sons also play basketball, traveling basketball. And if you ask my son what place you finished in the Matamidi tournament in December, you, probably you know won't. what his answer would be? We played in Matamidi? <laughs> exactly. The only thing he'll remember is the state tournament, and that was just because they won the state tournament, and that was just three weeks ago yep they remember the, the bigger little bigger stuff like that right but they don't remember what they did in the concordia state university right. tournament right. unless they scored a bunch of points. yeah they might remember a basket they made or something yeah, or yeah. a foul that was called on them or something but they won't remember who nope. or where or what they played over the summer we could probably get into this a little more a little deeper because it does get you know the, the whole uh win-at-all-cost mentality from a lot of youth sports nowadays is you see a lot of kids that 
at nine and ten that can swing the bat and hit the ball because of their size, but they uh, they don't swing the bat fundamentally correct. And right. you go up and you ask baseball or head coach or people who coach baseball down the road, they just say that kid will be weeded out if he's not learning how to swing the bat or field the ball the correct way now. And just because he can do it now, because he's maybe a little bigger, maybe a little more athletic, it won't matter. But yeah. Maybe they're all trying to get scholarships for that ten-year-old. There's no, there's no, there's no scouts at the ten-year-old. Really? Uh, you haven't seen them there? Eleven-year-old games? No. No. But we, we're heading, we're diving headfirst into that. This will be my kid's second year, and Connor's second year traveling, and my my daughter's second year and traveling soft fast pitch, which is interesting because the fast pitch association this year made my daughter nine-year-old. Made all 10 U players pick what position they were going to play this year and then pick the teams based on that. that, uh, that on those positions. The rationale was because, you know, in fast pitch, it's so hard to find pitchers. Right. That they wanted to get those kids started real quick on pitching. It's a little different than baseball because it's a completely different motion than a regular throwing. So you understand you got to do a little bit more work on getting that mechanic down and be able to throw strikes and stuff like that. But. Outfield, infield, though. The kids that want to pitch will will we'll come forward. Will, and they'll work on it on their own and yep. get the necessary clinics or things that they want to do to pitch. Don't pigeonhole them right now. You're not giving that nine-year-old that is afraid to try it a chance. You're like, my daughter's not afraid to try it, so she's like, I'm going to go out there and pitch and get shelled and not throw strikes and it won't bother. But there's kids that could be pretty good but don't want to try it because they don't have the, right now, the confidence in themselves. You're weeding them out right away because they won't be able to pitch this year because the teams are based on put three pitchers here, three pitchers here, and they're going to get the, the innings. They're going to get the ball couple. Right. Maybe so it's... you're not building that kid up that kid, ah, maybe I want to try it, but I'm afraid to raise my hand up and say I want to try it. You're not giving them a chance. So. That's uh, for 9, 10, 11s, <clears throat> that's, it's, it's almost, it's, it's, I can't even fathom thinking about it. Right. pigeonholing kids at 9, 10, 11. It's crazy. No. I didn't say anything before the season because, you know, after the season I will say something to the board about how foolish this idea is. So hopefully they, it's a one-year thing and they move away from it, but who knows. Get the kids playing multiple sports. Absolutely. And don't worry about wins and losses. Worry about development, fundamentals, and attitude. Right. It doesn't matter if you win at 9, 10, 11. Nobody cares. If you want to win at the varsity level, build as many good players as you can at the 9, 10, 11 year, year old mm-hmm. level. Do you think Zion Williamson played baseball when he was uh, 9 or 10? Yeah. Transitioning to NCAA I basketball? I have no, no idea. Did you watch the uh, Duke uh, one-point win over I did. Central, Central Florida. Central Florida, Florida yeah. Taco Fall. A seven foot six center. He was seven six. That's what they said. Yeah, I still can't believe that one of those two last shots by Central Florida didn't go in. I thought I thought for sure the first one was. I thought because he beat Trey Jones and he had a nice little six seven foot runner off the glass. It looked like it was perfectly shot. And then the guy came and the guy came flying out of nowhere to get the rebound. And hung on the rim. Thought it was going in for sure. Couldn't yeah. believe it. And then they had that. What they have the three point lead, and then they had a transition little dunk layup and the guy blew the dunk and then Duke went immediately down and hit a three yep cut it to that made it 
I think it would have made it six because I think it was cut up to one. Right <coughs> yeah, after it was that. like they were up by four. They had the alley-oop dunk. They about a minute and a half to missed go. it, and they came down and hit a three, and then and then Zion attacks the rim, gets fouled, makes a basket when they're down by three, misses the light, the free throw. And you with a taco fall out, followed out. Yep, Barrett, couldn't, get, couldn't get the rebound. Barrett came in and made a great win. play, just quicker than everybody to, off the floor there. Right. That was pure, pure athleticism there. Absolutely. He just beat everybody to the basket to get that ball. So is that Duke's one scare of the tournament, or it always seems that it doesn't always seem in the NCAA tournament when you get a big, big seed like that, they get one ginormous scare like that, and then they end up going winning the whole thing. Yep. I mean, I don't. I don't see Virginia Tech slowing them down. No, they handled them pretty easy in the. And if they beat Virginia Tech, who's on Michigan the, State? Michigan State's probably got the bodies to to uh, handle Zion a little bit. Yeah. Do they have enough shooting? But I wonder if you know, other teams will take the approach that Central Florida did and not guard Trey Jones. You see what they were doing? They had, yeah. The guy was. They had Taco. Their seven foot center. Seven foot six center Taco Fall, I think it was his name, was guarding Trey Jones, and all he did was guard him thirty feet away and just stood underneath the hoop and made Trey Jones shoot. Begged him to shoot. He begged him, and he only hit one of nine shots or something. Which imagine if he had a jumper like his brother Tyus. Yeah. If you could meld them but, but, into but, one player. Well, yeah, because well, Tyus is probably a better ball handler and better shooter. He might run the offense a little bit better. Trey's bigger. Stronger and better defensively. Yep, better so, in transition. Yeah, so if you if you could put those two put mesh them, you'd be you'd have a you'd have a potential NBA All Star point guard. Right. Because Trey does a, a lot of things that can help a team. It, shooting is not one of them. No, and they that proved because they were not guarding Central Florida did not guard him one bit. And Tyus could really shoot the basketball right. and handles the ball and sees everything, but. Physically, he's slight, 6'1". Right. Not a great defender. He's going to get bumped around out there. I mean, I think he's a great backup point guard in the NBA. I think a lot of teams would love to be able to go to Tyus Jones as your backup point guard. I don't think he's ever a starter no. in the NBA. Tyus will play 15, 10, 15 years in the NBA and have a good, solid career. He's a He'd probably of... have a longer career than Trey just because he's a better shooter and you need to play. You need to be able to shoot in the NBA these days to yeah. stick around. Tyus is such a good defender, or Trey is such a good defender that he'll find his way in an NBA roster because of, he can play in transition and he can defend. But if they have to, he'll never be able to run a point. Right. I mean, he's not even as, I mean, he's a worse shooter than Rubio. <laughs> <laughs> that's saying so. That's, I mean, Jason Kidd couldn't shoot when he first came out. He learned how to shoot the three, but, I mean, we're talking about a Hall of Fame point guard right, yeah. that – didn't have to shoot in college and then learned how to shoot in the end. Even though he shot that funky little set shot, he <coughs> figured it out right, and yeah. became pretty pretty strong. Who do you like to win it all? you like Duke? Uh, I would say Duke, but it wouldn't surprise me if North Carolina beat him. They beat him twice this year, lost to him by – they also lost him by two in the ACC tournament. So I think North Carolina could take – give them a run for their money. How many Big Ten teams are left? Three? Three: Purdue, Michigan State, Michigan. and Michigan. Who does Michigan have to get through? Gonzaga. Yeah. Am I, am I right there? Yeah. 
Purdue has Tennessee, so they could win that game, and then they got Virginia, I think. We could see uh, two Big Ten teams and two ACC teams in the final, potentially. We could, yeah. Or maybe one of three. I think, for, for doesn't Virginia get... No, wait, don't they get Oregon next? Yeah. Yeah. They kind of benefited from the upsets in that. Really, the only upsets in the bracket in the, in the whole tournament, other than uh, Liberty, yeah, Irvine, <clears throat> Oregon, were the yeah. There's always no. There's not a like. I think Oregon's a 12 seed, so they're the lowest seed. But packed. Pac-12. That's a big school. I don't really consider those big upsets when a pack when you get a double digit big, uh, power conference when they yeah. run through. That's not really. I mean, somebody like Liberty getting there. or... You know, if Irvine would have beat them, that's more of an upset for me. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I can't. I want. I'd like to see Gonzaga win it. Yeah. Just because I think if there's any a coach that deserves a a national championship, it's probably Mark Few. Yeah. He's done such a great job there. Took over for. Maybe we got the wrong one. <laughs> Definitely got the wrong one. But Dan Munson's at Long Beach State, though. Yeah. He's still around, but. Maybe we could. Maybe a few would have. Munster would have left, and then we could have brought. Well, the Gophers are probably the primary reason Gonzaga is a powerhouse now, because Gonzaga made the tournament the year the Gophers got scandal, and they had to bench five ki- five kids for that for that game, and Gonzaga beat the Gophers. That was wild. Was that Munson the coach? Munson, and then the after that, the Gophers hired Munson to be their coach, and they Gonzaga hired Mark Field. And they didn't know they had. Uh, Potential Hall of Fame coach behind him sitting right. there in Mark Field. So. Sometimes you just fall <clears throat> right. blank backwards into stuff. Yep. Like Mark, I'm sure they knew Mark Few was good, but I'm sure they didn't know he was going to sustain Gonzaga's run yeah, for as long probably, as he did. Yeah. They sent in a bouquet to the Gophers for taking Munson and getting suspended. And Munson didn't translate here, did he? No. I don't think he's doing Who too well. after Munson? Tubby? Is it Tubby? I think so. That was it, and then it's... Uh, Patino. Tubby didn't want to be here. He was a, it was a paycheck for him. Yeah. A nice paycheck, but... His better days were behind him, too. He didn't put, did put the time or effort into trying to build the program. So. Well, I hope, I, I hope Gonzaga wins. I'd like to see Gonzaga and Virginia in the final. Yeah. I got Duke in my pool, but I don't want to see Duke win. I, Unlike most of the rest of the country, can't stand Duke. <laughs> Not after last the last win they had. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people were very upset with them finding even Mike Shashevsky looked Coach embarrassed. Coach he looked embarrassed. Yes, he looked like, like, how did we win that game? I didn't realize Johnny Dawkins' kid played on that other team. It was Johnny Dawkins. And he he wasn't he the coach at Johnny Dawkins was the coach of Central Florida. Right, right, but oh, I'm, I'm Johnny Dawkins played with Tommy Amaker. Tom, didn't Tommy Amaker coach at a Big Ten school? Yeah, he used to be Northwestern at one time, I believe. Or you know, he was Michigan. In Michigan. He was Michigan. Dawkins, I mean, I know he was a long time. Did he ever go to a bigger school? No, than, I think this is his first head coaching job. He was a, he's was. he been an assistant that long? For Coach K, yeah. You know, he could. He might be finding his way up to a big school later on. Yeah. His son looked exactly like him. He did. I mean, yeah. I mean, just exactly how I remember Johnny Dawkins playing in the '86 with 
Jay Billis. Jay Billis, and I don't think was Amaker on that team. I don't think I am a little bit. They were on that. He was on that NCAA champion or the team that lost to Louisville in '86. The never nervous Purvis Ellison. Right. And then, then he went and played for the. I want to say the '76ers for a while. And I don't think he had a great every. I think he got hurt. So. Well, any um, Miss Tyler Wall. Who uh, took Lakeville North all the way to the Class 4 A state championship game? Going to be uh, where is he going to be playing? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Is he going to be uh, playing at an elite level? You see him, six seven point guard. I don't know if he'll play point guard at the college level. I don't think so. I don't know. He did it, Lakeville North. And he did a very good job. He handled both times I saw him against Shakopee. He pretty much controlled the show. So he'll he'll definitely make an impact for Wisconsin. Will he play point guard? Or Were you surprised by Lakeville North's thumping of Eden Prairie? Yes, very much so. I thought North, like I think we said it last week, any of the top five seats were at a chance to win it. But I didn't expect North to beat them by 20 or whatever they beat them by. Yeah, they just destroyed them. And then, well, Eden Prairie couldn't make a shot. Yeah. And I was North, watching a little bit of that game on the Prep Spotlight TV or whatever that's yeah, called. Yeah, the North... Got a big lead against Park Center, the number one seed in the semis, and were able to hold on for the win. And then couldn't Hopkins. match Hopkins' is probably size and speed. Too athletic, too big. Yeah. Hopkins had to beat who? Eastridge? And. I don't know who they beat in the first round. I think it was Cambridge. Could be. Because Eastview played Eastridge. So Eastview was the one team that got the extra game out of the bottom three, lost to Eden Prairie in the... Uh, Consolation. Consolation. East Cambridge and Maple Grove went 0-2. Right. Top five seeds went almost as planned, except Lakeville North kind of jumped everybody. Yeah. Well, I think the big news out of the state tournament was Manaha Academy moving up a class next year. So Class 3A will have Manaha Academy and De La Salle in it. And most likely, those two will probably put in the same section. Yeah, you know, St. High School League is known to do that. I mean, they may just put them in there so they don't have to, they, so they doesn't have to predetermine the state final. <laughs> right. So, I don't know who other good three A teams out there. I, but if Suggs is going to be back, right? They put them in section two with Prior Lake, and I mean, that's class four A. But I don't know. We have Suggs and Chet Holmgren, who's also a Division One recruit. They got another. Freshman, that's a Division One recruit, so should be interesting. Them moving up, they can handle it <coughs> easily. They probably, probably they will probably be ranked number one next year, Class Three A. How do you think they would have done against Four A? They played a lot of Four A teams. Did they beat Eden Prairie? Beat Eden Prairie. They played Hopkins a few times, I think. You got that kind of athletes. Yeah. Well, we'll find out in a couple, probably mid-April when the new classifications come out where, where they're sitting. Right. Should be much changes, right? Especially in basketball. We just think that. No, I can't see that many big changes. I know a lot of people want it, but I don't. It's usually every six years with the State Ice League that they throw some curveballs. I don't think they're going to throw too many curveballs yeah. this year. Will Section 2 with Pyre Lake, Shockby, and Nita Prairie be as good as next year as this year? Well, Eden Prairie brings all their whole starting five back. Shockby has a good had a good junior class, so they're expecting to be pretty good. Prior Lake takes a big hit, but they do have Garcia and Anacho back. So they'll be. They'll still be plenty good. If 
they get somebody behind them. I don't know what Minnetonka. Never know with Minnetonka. Chaska Crosher thinks they're take they're losing Nicholson, so that was their main scoring. Well, say Chaska, Chaska and Chan have good programs. Well, I mean, yeah, it's about time for Chan to take a step up, isn't it? With that like program, they've been kind of laid back in the weeds for even in a lot of their programs, other than maybe softball and baseball winning a state title. I, hockey, I would have thought they would have been more on the up and up and coming teams as as opposed to Chaska. Yeah, never know. Ever since they got the lower seed against Jefferson five years ago and got shellacked in the playoffs, they haven't been able to recover from that. They haven't, really. <laughs> they had that 20-win season and expected to get a home playoff game. and We're seated behind a five-win Jefferson team because of the schedule. And got just shellacked by Jefferson. I was it? What was that? I know it was 3 nothing about five minutes into the game. I <laughs> it was 3 nothing faster than that. Yeah, it was quick. So. And that was not one of Jefferson's great teams, but... Jefferson was still in the South Suburban right. back then, so they'd played some pretty good teams, and they right. weren't they weren't playing the schedule they are now. No. So, well, that ends the winter season. So going into the spring season, track meets, indoor track meets are this weekend. And, Very handsome. And then outdoor should be sometime next week if the weather stays like it is. Oh yeah, they'll be outdoors. How's the, how are your track teams? Parlake's always got the number, always has numbers. So Parlake boys are loaded again. They've got the defending state champion in the triple jump back and Parker Ellis. I think they had fourteen kids at state last year. Maybe seven or eight are back. They're going to be they're they're going to have a lot of depth. They've won the SEC. Well, I think I don't think they won the SEC. I think Rosemont won it last year, didn't they? No, I think Prior Lake won it, but I think Rosemont beat Prior Lake in the Section 3A true team. Okay. But Prior Lake still got the wild card, so they still went to state. But Prior Lake won the SEC, I think, three years in a row, and Section 3 three years in a row. And there was an SEC relay champions last year because they remember they had to cancel it and they made it into a true team thing. Yeah. I don't think, I don't know, I don't even remember who won that. Prior Lake's going to be good. I think the Prior Lake girls might, they had those dominant teams four three, four, five years ago, and they've kind of fallen off. They could be a team that some of their younger athletes are now right. coming up, and they kind of, kind of see them make some noise last year. Yeah. Burnsville boys will have Atkinson. He was a state runner-up in the shot put last year, and he was the number two seed in the discus and didn't have a good day in the rain. I mean, he could easily win two state titles in the throws. That puts them in the probably top ten, right? Or that's twenty. They're 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 coming up. Their program's starting to get better. They were the section three runner up last year. They're they're, they're starting to get more numbers. Yeah. Fee is back. He was a state high jumper last year, and the girls, the Burnsville girls are still. I think they still got some numbers issues, but they got some. They got the Nilsson, Sophie Nilsson, who was sophomore, who's been to state right. two years as a, as a jumper, right. fifth fifth or sixth last year in the triple. But they don't. They still lacking the depth. Yeah. Well, Shockby has had uh, Shockby track has been a struggle the last couple of years, but they're expecting a jump up. I think the boys and girls were both bottom half of the conference last year. They're both expecting to be middle half this year and qualifying more to state. So things are looking up for them. Jordan is Jordan boys are expecting big things. They're thinking they have a shot at the state title. The team champions. The team champions. They were fourth last year, only ten points out of first and they return 
think everybody, not everybody, but most of the kids that ran at state last year, including two-time state champion Marlon Wiley in the 100 meters, he didn't run in the 200 last year because he had a bad hamstring. He only wanted to concentrate on the 100 and not pull something at the 200. So if he can do the 100 and 200, that's 15 to 20 points right off the bat from him. And then if you can get him in the 4x1, that qualified. He didn't run the 4x1 that qualified last year either. So Who's he, their main competition? Uh, Bell played them very good. Fairmont's good. But they're expecting big things from the boys' team. So got that. they got that. Would they rather have the state Class A state team championship or the state true team championship? Their goal is to qualify for the true team and then to finish in the top three at the state with higher expectations. I wonder what coaches would rather have. Do they want the state true team or do they want the the end, the the, the regular (coughs) one? The true team. Which one do you want? I don't know. The the, the state true teams in May – and it seems to get lost. I, I think it gets lost in between because the conference meets follow mm-hmm. right after. And I mean, it's always it's, like around prom season, so yeah. Minnetonka never sends a full squad to yep. the true uh, team. I mean, they all. everybody talks about how important this, the true team is and how I remember asking um, Russ Reitz, prior like AD, about it, and he he basically said it gets it's a num it's a it's not just a numbers it's a numbers thing. Obviously, you need numbers to win, but he goes it helps your program build numbers because you're including kids who three four two or three or four deep in each event. He goes if you took that away, this is his argument. If you take that away, now you're looking at developing the top kids because they're the ones who score points for you at state right. sections. So his argument with a true team is you have to develop three high jumpers, three runners. Right. It gets more kids involved is what he's saying is you're not just focusing on the elite ones. That's their argument for a true team. What do you think of that? Happy for him, really. <laughs> I could. The elite ones still carry you. Right? right, they still yeah. are the ones that score the most points, and then your guy that's going to finish seventeenth in the triple jump is going to get you some points. Right, but I mean, I get, I, I guess I understand the logic because you do have to make you, you maybe maybe you do focus on some of those kids that are juniors and seniors that can help you in true team points. Right, but they're not going to make, and they and they're maybe they feel more part of the part of the team, even though they're probably not going to be a big contributor at. The regular sections and conference and True. at state, but he he says it builds numbers and programs when you include everybody. That's the big part. Of Lakes girls, I think they have 160 kids out. That's a lot, quite a That's bit. That's a lot. Yeah. So that's a debate we could have with. Uh, well, we a debate later. What's worse, True Team meets or relay meets? Well, relay meet uh, the True Team. No relays because you never get any results. <laughs> Nobody knows who's the pole vault relay, you know, or right. who's on the triple jump relay and all that. It's just it's mind-numbing. Right. You're trying to figure out the SEC relays or some of these relay meets. Just run a meet. <laughs> you need relay meets? I don't know. Well, it's probably another reason to get more kids involved. Yeah, maybe. So. But that has a little less bearing. You know, nobody remembers anything about who's, this, you know, who's winning the SEC relays. I mean, that's as, about as far as down the totem pole as you can get. <laughs> it's more section, true team, section, and state. 
maybe yeah. the conference championships. But a lot of times those conference championships too, I mean, you're getting kids coming off true team, and they're not always performing at high levels at no. conference. I, don't, I think the conference takes a backseat in a lot of ways. Right. So. I don't know. Golf will be starting up soon. You got a master's prediction? Uh, <laughs> Roy McIlroy is always my pick. He always seems to choke, though. That's the one he needs, right? That's the one he needs. He huh? needs the one for the Grand Slam. That's August, what, 11 through 14? Yeah, a couple of weeks away. So Augusta? I don't know. I mean, I think if I had to pick one person, I'd pick Dustin Johnson. I think he's due to win that. He's won. Is he won two? He's won one Open, U.S. Open. So I don't even know. He didn't win the British? He has not won the British yet. Who was the one he almost won, but he got grounded, got the sand thing? That was PGA at Whistling Straits in Wisconsin. He's so talented. If he figures it out out there putting-wise. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, your regulars, like, what do you think Woods? What do you think he'll do? Does he have the nerves on those guys I don't know. I think he's... He'll probably be in contention, probably uh, outside contention to say, you know, he's always four or five strokes. But he'll make a run here would, and there, everybody will get excited, and then he'll, <coughs> three he'll check a dry line dry, or tee ball somewhere in the race creek and right. and be done. Yeah. Who would you like to see win it? That's a good question. I'm a Phil fan. I'd like to see Phil win another one before. But I might save that for the U.S. Open. So yeah, you'd rather good, have Phil win the U.S. Open. Get his slam. Get his slam, yeah. So. I like. I used to like Garcia. I yeah, he's really. A little. I rooted for him to win that one because I always thought he was an under. He played. He played better, better in majors than people gave him credit for. But he got his now, so he's now smashing bunkers with his gloves. <laughs> um, I always rooted for Colin Montgomery, but that's long, long. You ago. would. You would. Come on, Colin. Colin's a colorful guy. Um. I'd probably like to see Rory win. I think uh, ever since he had that meltdown in the back nine, it was what ten years ago when he sh- shot a forty when he was up by. He did Greg Norman it. Yeah. Pulled a Greg Norman. Yeah. And he, I think he's been in the final group the last two three years and always. Who, who won last year, Pat? Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed, right? Yeah. Pat, God, it's amazing. I can't remember who won last year. <laughs> I could probably tell you who won between the nineteen eighty two and. 1993, but I probably can't name the last three. <laughs> <laughs> probably same here. So, well, with that, twins start today or on Thursday. Does it make or break if they win this season opener? Um. Yeah. Against the Indians, if they get swept by the Indians, and fall three games behind the <laughs> Central. No, I mean, we talked about it last week. To me, it's their it's their pit. If their pitcher can hand it, handle, hang up, hold up, maybe they maybe they can make a run at a wild card. If Buxton hits, if Sano can stay on the field, yeah, I kind of I kind of like the coach though. The Rocco. Yeah, you know it's it's not a Twins guy anymore. He's kind of the, I like the fact that they went out of the way out of the organization to right. go pluck somebody. They they been always bringing guys right in from the organization. I think they'll, uh, they'll probably finish second in the division, not because they're any good, because the division, the White Sox, the Tigers, and the Royals are awful. 
So by default, someone's got to finish second. And it's probably the Twins. Who do you want to win it all? Who would you, if you could pick the Twins, who would you want to win it all? Who's going to win it all? Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers, I don't know. Astros? Astros are awfully good. Astros are very good. What about the Padres? I think they're a couple, years away a couple more Manny Machados away from... Phillies? I don't like the Phillies. Uh, Harper? I don't like Harper. You know he's going to put up gigantic numbers in that ballpark. It's like playing at uh, Memorial Park in Apple. In when is um, the Angels are spending all this money? When are they going to start doing? I, I, <laughs> one thing I love, I'd love to see the A's. Win. I always like the A's, even though Moneyball turned me off a little bit. <laughs> um, I always like the A's. Kind of like the look. They, they they play in the worst facility in the history of sports, and they never have any money and. They always seem to find guys. They always seem like when there's expectations for the A's, they fall down. When everyone expects them to win 65, 75 games, that's when they come out and win 95 like last year. Mm-hmm. So, I've always liked the Pirates, too, because they're kind of they're the National League A's. No, although they got probably You're a big We Are Family guy, weren't you, back in the day? Hey, yeah, you know, Willie, Willie uh, Stargell. Will Stargell and Parker and Kent DeColdy was that's a right. closer. Yeah. and Burt. Was Bert on that team? Bert was oh on yeah, it. Bert was on that. Team. <laughs> he was. Yeah. So he, I thought, his, so he has two rings. I think he has one with Pittsburgh. Seventy nine. He was on that yeah, seventy nine so. team. I think so. I'm not sure though. Before my time. I know he was on the. You're Pirates. much older than me. You would know. I don't know if he was on that seventy. But he pitched Pirates. for the Pirates at one time. I don't know if he was on the World Series team, but don't look that one up. I liked it when they had Bonds and. Bonilla and Van Slyke in the outfield. With Jim Leland in the dugout. And Sid Bream ran around third base. Still that running? Slow. I could have ran faster. <laughs> still made it home to knock him out of the World Series. Yep. That was a uh, 91, wasn't it? When the Twins beat. Was that 91? It was somewhere in that range. I know it was, yeah. I mean, it was right when the Braves were starting to take off. Yeah. I, I'd like to see that. Yeah, I like to see Kershaw do well in the postseason because he's been so good, and everybody just maligns him for not pitching as good as he can in the postseason. I mean, give me a break. The guy's been one of the best pitchers yeah. in baseball the last ten years, and yeah, I mean it hasn't worked out in the postseason. But come on. Yeah, I agree. We'll find out all summer. Anything else to talk about? Where's Crouch, should we call him? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I got nothing. We got nothing. We so. got nothing until next week. That's it for Sports for Dummies this week. I'm Todd Ablin with Tom Chardon. Rachel Minsky is our producer. For round the clock sports coverage, check out southwestnewsmedia.com. Thanks for listening.